0: I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. Hello. It has been a while, but I am back with a brand new episode of the Make Learning Magical podcast. And today I interviewed Lynn Andres, and she is an incredible family and consumer science educator in Naperville, Illinois. I cannot wait for you to hear her story and how she is making learning magical in her classroom. You are in for a treat. Hello, Lynn. How are you today? I'm so excited
1: to have you on the show. Hi, Tisha. I'm great. Um, End of the year here. So wrapping up soon. So kind of excited about a little break in the summer and looking
0: forward to planning for next fall already, actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. I can't believe it's the end of the year. In my district here in Southern Oregon, we're winding down too. I think we have, uh, we have a week and a half before school That's out. And, you know, I feel like We always say winding down, but it's never winding down at the end of a school year. (laughs) You kind of feel like you're winding down and amping up all at the same time. It's so wild. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. I had a conversation yesterday
1: with a colleague, and I was so exhausted and away from my teaching class this past year. And we started looking at the final exam and planning things to do differently next year. And it was like, oh, I can't wait to start planning again. Mm -hmm. And I got all excited, like within one hour of being exhausted to to looking forward to next year. So that's a is very odd a- feeling for us teachers, I think.
0: Absolutely. And that's amazing, Lynn, that you're already anticipating and getting excited about the new year. I would love for you just to share a little bit about yourself and your background into education. Sure, sure. Um, my
1: name's Lynn Andrews, and I have been an educator since, oh, for many years. <laughs> Let's just say that. And I have um, a degree in business education, which is where I started teaching in business education. And those courses, I taught everything under the sun. And then I became the CTE department chair at Naperville Central High School, which is in District 203, uh, Naperville, Illinois. And um, with that new job, I was limited in the amount of classes I could teach and kind of got into teaching consumer economics and then kind of spilled over into the family and consumer science department and ended up in the uh, intro to teaching courses here at the high school and totally fell in love with them and thinking about developing future educators and totally found my passion. So um, I've been teaching these courses for probably the last 10 years now.
0: Absolutely incredible. And I am so excited to dive into your program and a little bit more about what you do. But before we do that, I would love for you to share just a little bit about what family and consumer science is. Uh, That is the degree that I graduated with. I spent all of my years teaching in that area, but I, I want to make sure that everybody that's listening really understands what family and consumer science is all about. In our uh, district, we look at family and consumer sciences
1: in a variety of lights. And so I think one is because it is housed in our career and technical education department that we always focus on career pathways for our students in the family and consumer science field. And um, the career pathways that we're focused on in our building and district is the education pathway, Um so like early childhood education courses, intro to teaching courses. We also focus on health occupations with intro to health and a health occupations course. We focus on um, the big umbrella of hospitality um, with our culinary courses currently and looking to develop that umbrella of hospitality and tourism a little bit more. And then we also have a design pathway where we do interior design fashion design, as well as fashion merchandising. So those are our four big areas um, that we offer here in the district in the family and consumer science
0: area. That's amazing. You have such a robust program. And I had the joy and honor of getting to visit your school, be with your students. I got to present and spend the day also in uh, your region, with other CTE and and family consumer science educators, and I'm just really impressed with what you are all doing there. And I just am so hopeful for the future. Um, I was in the hospitality pathway as a teacher. I taught culinary arts. I did teach interior design as well, and absolutely loved it so much. And I think what's really exciting about family and consumer science is that not only are We preparing our students for the workforce, we're also preparing them for life. And there's so many life skills that are taught in our courses as well. And I always used to say, um, you know, when I was teaching my students that, you know, some of my students would go on and they would have a career in the hospitality industry. Maybe they would become a chef. Maybe they would um, go into another field within hospitality. But regardless of whether they did or not, they were going to leave my program with skills that I knew that they would be able to use throughout their life. And and so I just, I, I just am so I'm happy that there are programs in family consumer science thriving, just really exciting to me. I'll piggyback on that a little
1: bit Tisha, because I think as you mentioned life skills also um, because of the nature of our class, whether we're teaching content, like you said, in the career pathway, um, because they're doing so many labs and authentic experiences in every course, it helps build those you know, real life skills that students develop You know when they leave a culinary class or a teaching class. Everything we teach is a life skill and a career skill. And also, I think in addition to the life skills, the content skills, career pathways, um, it provides the, the nature of the classes, provides opportunities for teachers to be with students in small groups And to be with students one-on-one, and we have so much um, social, emotional learning going on that might not necessarily be documented on a piece of paper um, or in a curriculum map, Um, but it's the relationships that we're allowed to build in those settings that I think makes it a little bit unique versus, you know, a core content area. And so I also think that besides the skill piece, there's that whole relationship building piece that is really helping students navigate their lives.
0: A hundred percent. I so agree with that. And, you know, I loved in my classroom that my students were broken up into groups and I got to connect with them. I got to talk about what they were doing and um, some of their extracurricular things. And when I was visiting you in your classroom, your students were talking all about their experiences in classrooms across your district and being able to, engage in that rich conversation was so, so powerful. And I also had the joy of getting to join you on the last day with your seniors. And oh my goodness, I was in tears within minutes. Um, all (laughs) All of your students were popping into the screen. They were all on their own Zoom screen. And so all these students were popping in, And I just, in that moment, felt so much joy and so much hope for the future as these students are embarking on this amazing journey that's ahead of them. And it was just very, very evident. It was evident when I went and visited in person. It was very evident when I was on Zoom with you all on that last day, just how special those bonds are between you and your students and you've created an experience for them as they've gone through your program that they're never, ever going to forget. And they truly are going to leave a legacy and you are leaving a legacy. And it's just so, so wonderful to be able to witness and be able to see. And I would love for you to share a little bit about your education pathway because again I got to see it in action and it's absolutely incredible and there also is a very special connection um, with your with your program that I would love to, for you to share a little bit about okay
1: um in our district we have uh, education pathway and we have a preschool program early childhood education um that's uh, Two semesters if students are interested in that. But following that, we also offer a teaching one course where that's a semester long. And then we offer a teaching two course to follow up on that. And um, and I have to say, it it kind of still all started with you. Um, Back in December of 2019, you presented at the ACTE vision conference, and I attended one of your sessions. And I just sat in the audience in awe of you. And the things you did in your culinary classroom um, to, at that point, we make learning magical, and that had just has rung through. It hit my heart, and that became like I want to make learning magical for my students. And although I thought I was doing a good job, um, it just it was that spark I needed to, you know, rejuvenate and you know, re rethink you know what we're doing in the classroom and what was really important and. Um, I'll never forget you talking about the the truck and the food trucks you had across the, the United States. And I just, it was the first time I sat in the audience and you were having us tweet out, you know, and you could win a t-shirt. I've never participated in those. And I'm like, I was tweeting like crazy. I wanted to win that darn t-shirt <laughs> because you created that passion. And so that's what I wanted to do with my students. And so following that conference, um, I was so excited. I believe we invited you to work with our family and consumer science department on our countywide day. Um, that would have been like March of 2020. And um, to help them think about how they could spark that joy and that magic in the culinary classroom. And as we sat and I was listening to that, I thought this has to go beyond family and consumer science. I invited one of our business teachers. And at that time, I necessarily didn't think of myself as a family and consumer science teacher. Um, but I'm like, I'm doing this in my teaching class. How am I going to do this? Um, mm. And it was, you know, we spent a lot of time on gamification. And so, following that, we went into our COVID period. Um, but then I remember connecting with you um, via Zoom. I'm like, I need to do this. How am I going to do this in my teaching class? And we talked about it. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around how to gamify my classroom or how to do any of this. And I thought to myself. Wait a minute! I'm going to be teaching future educators. I want them to have the magic, and I want to teach them about make learning magical. And I probably reread your book five times, and I thought I can teach them this. And so I set off on my journey in a different direction than when I started. And um, Tisha, I, I think you've always encouraged that you can't do everything all at once. Take it one step at a time you can always change the path. You're in charge. You make the rules. The rules might change. (laughs) Um, So your encouragement really helped me see a vision of how I can incorporate that whole concept into my teaching class. I don't know if you want me to talk more in detail about that. I'd love to, but...
0: I would love for you to, and I, I just want to say that I love, like, everything that you shared, and I, I love that you I, you said something like, I think I was already doing a good job. There's no doubt that you were doing a fantastic job, and sometimes we just need that little spark, and in my journey, I felt like I was doing a good job, too, when I decided to kind of uproot and change um, the way that I was teaching my classes And, but I, I again, but as you said, I didn't do it all in one fell swoop. It was a, it was a process. It was a journey. I took it in, you know, bite-sized pieces, but I think it's important sometimes that we, we think about as we're teaching our classes, do we get excited to teach what we're teaching and what, how can we put ourselves in our students' shoes and how are they Feeling sitting in those chairs or being in those labs, like how are they experiencing uh, learning in our classes? And so I, I love everything that you uh, just shared. And yes, please keep on going. Okay, no problem with my talking. <laughs> anyway,
1: so um, the way I embarked on on the journey of teaching my students, um, the concept of make learning magical is I took each letter as you did in your book and on one of your uh, previous podcasts and kind of or webinars, I believe it was. And I thought one letter at a time. And so I decided that for the letter M, a memorable beginning, I basically copied what you did in your webinar and I had my students do the Play Doh um, to create something about themselves and share it with class. And then we, the next day we did some Legos and they got in small groups and created a beginning. And we talked about our favorite things. And I played the music in the background. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting to me because it wasn't what they were doing in their other classes on the first day of school. And then I said, okay, it's going to be your turn to make a memorable beginning because they're going to be future educators. And so I tasked them with every Monday that one person would make our Mondays memorable. And Mm -hmm. so we would do a memorable beginning every Monday. And they came up with some really cool things, um, just kind of getting to know you activities. And so each student every Monday had to do a make, Make Monday Magical. And so that was how we started. And then I thought, you know what? Once they did that, I made stickers for them to put on their Chromebooks. And so once they did their memorable beginning, they got the letter M and I had our print shop kind of do me a whole set of vinyl stickers and that's how things started. And then I said for the A, what they would do is it was creating agency and I wanted to really demonstrate what agency meant. So in our first chapter of our textbook, I require them to take notes. But I gave them agency on how to take the notes. In the past, I always insisted they do Cornell notes. And now I said, okay, here are four or five different options. Pick one, do your notes that way. Tell me, you know, and then they reflected why did you pick or select that way to do your notes? And then did it work for you? What was your result on your test? So once they did their reflection and they had agency, then they earned the letter A and so they added that sticker to their Chromebooks in hopes of creating the whole word magical on their Chromebooks with these vinyl sticker letters. Um, We moved to G for gamification. And for that letter, what we did was they teach in my class, they do teaching lessons. Um, So if they created a game within their lesson, then they could earn the letter G. This was tough for them. and I'm not sure why, because they're very good with technology to do cahoots or gim kits or all the different little games they could play. But um, so and then they did fly swatter games and they just tried to make their topic fun. Um, they were teaching the history of education, so not necessarily the most exciting topic. So they had to bring some magic to that topic. So that's how they earned their G. And then the letter I was very subjective, in my opinion. It was innovation. And so when they did something that I had not thought of before, I went, aha, you learned the earned the letter I. And so they were interviewing a teacher uh, as one of their assignments. You know, why did you get into teaching and all that? And they write out this whole paper. Well, one of the students put a picture of themselves interviewing the teacher or selfie, and then also added the Actually, they recorded it, and so she put that in the and was like, "I never thought to have a selfie or to have the video recording in there, just as a way to." Ch-. I thought that was innovative. Okay. Uh, sometimes they turn in an assignments, and it was like, "Whoa, I gave you a template, but this is not my template, but it worked, and it really made sense." So um, that I was a little harder for them to achieve. In the word magical, C comes next. I didn't do these in order; they were maybe a little bit out of order. Creativity, collaboration, curiosity. Uh, the students in the class they get in small groups right at the beginning of the year after our first unit, and we create our own um, visual displays slash bulletin boards. And depending on the size of the group, there might be five groups in a class, or I have two gla- classes and we've got ten visual displays to create. Um, and they work in a small groups, so they have to collaborate. Um, they have to come up with the idea. They have to be creative. Um, it, it's a, a week of craziness and chaos in the classroom because they're all doing different projects. They're all trying to use a cricket machine all at the same time, um, but it's a lot of fun. And they really bond during that. And they say it's their favorite unit, but during that week, I'm going crazy. Um, <laughs> so if they've created it and um, we have an outside expert come in and kind not judge them, but evaluate them, then they earn their seat. The A is authentic audience. And this one is so fun to do because they don't realize when they are teaching their lessons within the classroom and they are present, you know, teaching the history of education in the 1800s, um, they're actually talking to an authentic audience. So as they teach their lessons in class or do their presentations, they will earn their A for doing an authentic audience.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And then
1: finally, the L is their legacy. And what I have them do is at the end of the class, usually on our final exam day, because we have extra time in our schedule, I have them write to the next group of students that will be coming into class. And so, you know, welcome to teaching one, you know, and they'll write to, you know, my next year students and, you know, tell them about the class, what you liked best, what were your challenges, you know. How do you work with this teacher? What is the teacher like? And uh, looking back at those letters, a matter of fact, I just read them yesterday from my teaching students and things that I thought was like, do I still really need to do this next year? And of course, that was the highlight of their, their class time. I'm like, oh, I was going to get rid of this, but apparently I won't be doing that now. So um, those legacy letters are really important to me, and they understand how much they mean. Unfortunately, they don't earn their L until the very end of the semester. Um, So I got to figure out maybe a way to get that L to them sooner. Mm. Then I came up with the idea from one of your, um, I think it was the culinary classroom where you had the special chef. I forgot, what is the name of that special chef, master chef? Master Chef, yes. Yeah. I wanted to do something really special, like how can they earn a right or a place on the legacy wall of the classroom? And so I thought, you know what? If they could, because they are, you know, going to be out in classrooms and things like that, demonstrate all of these things that make learning magical for each letter outside of our classroom, then they get a spot on the legacy wall. And so we started that in the first semester I did that. I only had one student that went so far above and beyond to earn each one of these um letters outside of the classroom. The next semester, I had two students, and this past semester i, I had two students so um it is something that's hard to achieve, you know, so they have to do a memorable beginning in another classroom or show agency in another classroom or you know, create some kind of a a visual display, that's not a poster board for an assignment, but something for the classroom. And so they sometimes have to stretch on how to demonstrate these things. But that's the whole point of earning a spot on the legacy wall. So had a huge plaque made, it's in the hallway um, for everybody to see. And so then they earn a spot on the legacy wall. So it's just not in our classroom. I put it in the hallway and the principal comes down as we give the awards every year of who earned it. And um, Tisha, we were so fortunate to have you here this year when we awarded our Legacy Wall winners. So that was really special for them.
0: Oh my goodness. It just, I can't even tell you. It was one of the highlights of my entire year, actually being in your classroom and getting to experience that firsthand. And because there's so much that I want to unpack here, um, what you're doing is incredible. And what I want to highlight is sometimes I think people Really get nervous when they think about bringing in uh, an idea like gamifying your classroom because they think that they're going to have to uproot every single thing that they've ever done. So, what did that look like? What kinds of things other than incorporating these letters into your into your curriculum? What other changes that did you make that maybe you hadn't done before?
1: Right. Tisha, that is a really good point because it was kind of a a little bit of a a stopper for me as well. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to change everything I do. How am I gonna gamify? Oh, I need to buy all these extra things for the classroom that's gonna cost me a lot of money. And that's when I said, Well, no, not really, because you have always set the stage that it's a layer on top of what you already do. You're not changing what you do. And so that's kind of how I looked at it when I these concepts along with my content I did not change any of my content I have my same units we have the same fun. nothing really changed content wise but it made it more magical and fun Um, the only thing that I did that might have changed a bit was my memorable Mondays so Mm -hmm. Monday was always something to look forward to all of a sudden and it did take Some of their magical Mondays took like 15 minutes and I would sit in the back of the class, um, but they were up presenting. And that was part of what we were trying to teach them in the very beginning intro to teaching one class, get up in front of a group of people and talk. And so by having them do something, they weren't lecturing or giving direct instruction. They were organizing an activity. So it was easier for them to be up in front of the room. And so that sometimes took, you know, 15 minutes or one went like 30 minutes. And I Mm -hmm. thought in the back of the room, oh, my God, I have stuff to teach. And I thought, no, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm teaching. And when I read the legacy letters at the end of the class, it was like we knew everybody in this class. We knew every single student beyond their name and something. And it was just because of that time we spent. And I really did weigh like was that time worth it? And then I read the legacy letters at the end and I go, it absolutely is worth it. And so I, I was a little, you know, taking that extra time was the only addition I made in the way that I presented the magical to them. And oh, yeah. um, so, but really like gamification is in addition, I see my culinary teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really kind of fun. They've totally incorporated the concept in their culinary classrooms and just the fun things of like, here's your review quiz. If you got three thing, three out of five right, you got one extra ingredient for the next cupcake you made. Or if you got four out of four, you got two extra ingredients. And so it was nothing that took time in the class. And they slowly have incorporated the gamification in the classroom. And they play little games all the time now. And it might not be the whole trail that you had uh going from the East Coast to the West Coast, or I think maybe it was mm-hmm. West Coast to East Coast, you know, with your food trucks. But it's the fun that they've put into teaching cooking, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so it's fun to see those pockets now kind of just dispersing throughout the department. It's Like, oh, what can we do here? What can we do there? And it's not in addition to the content. It's, it's- an overlay of the content.
0: Yes, that is, that's incredible. And that just makes my heart so happy. And I I think about when you're talking about this magical and incorporating that into what you do. And I love just those little shifts that you've made. So like you said, you are teaching the same content, but just taking that extra time to build those relationships at the beginning, right? Getting to know their favorite things, really um, giving them that opportunity to have agency over how they take notes. It's a little shift, right? But you are empowering them and you're giving them that choice. Just giving them an opportunity to think about and process how can we make learning more fun how could we maybe incorporate those games and so again you're you're teaching that same content that you've taught but now you're having them kind of think differently about how how can we make this engaging how can we take something like um the history of teaching and really infuse some fun and being able to teach it in a way that's really going to engage and empower your kids and i love the idea of looking for those things that students do that are innovative, that are something new that you hadn't thought of before. Because now students are encouraged to think a little differently, right? And be able to to use their creativity, use their imagination. And uh, I love that you're looking for that. I think that that is super, super powerful. And then also um, the creativity piece and doing those bulletin boards. And I love that you said that that's a bonding opportunity. That's a bonding experience where they can really get to know each other. Again, they're collaborating, they're creating, they're, they're piquing their curiosity because they're trying to find ways to put these bulletin boards together. And then that audience piece and really, um, really focusing on like, how, how do they present to, to others? And, and then I think that L, it just speaks for itself. Like you, you, have created this environment for your students where they are so, I don't know, I, I, I there's so many words that come into my mind. They you have created an experience for them where they truly feel the joy of the content that you're teaching. And you are, I, I was in the room when they were talking about, I think the day that I came in, one of your students had just gotten accepted to the university and was so excited. Like you are really like catapulting them into their future and you are, you have created this joy for education in them that now they're going to be able to impact so many future generations because of. Um, And I just think that that is so, so exciting. And I love the, also the magical Mondays and that um, is so, so cool as well. And so I just love everything about this. And I just want to encourage those of you who are listening, like think about how maybe you can take this kind of a concept and be able to layer that over what you are doing. And it's going to look different for everybody, right? Like this is so different from what I, how I gamified or how I, how I layered over my content But I absolutely love that you've taken this concept of magical learning. It's something that really these these elements... Of magical, the memorable beginnings, the authenticity and agency, the gamified experiences, innovation, creativity, collaboration, curiosity, authentic audience, and legacy were really those pieces. Those were the keys that transformed what learning looked like in my classroom. That is how I went from a teacher that thought I was doing a pretty good job, but didn't have a whole lot of joy, to a teacher that was more excited about teaching than I'd ever been and had students that were more empowered than they'd ever been. And so um, oh my goodness. I just, I have so much. I could go on forever about this, but you are at the end of a school year. You just said goodbye to your seniors and you said you're already thinking and processing for the next year. What is going through your mind as you um, close out this year and you anticipate a, a new one, the 2023-24 school year? What What are you thinking about? Um,
1: a lot of different, th- I mean, not a lot of different things, but, um, what I'm thinking about right now in the moment, since I'm in my office, I do have a wall that has a handprint of every one of my students. And I often said, oh, when the wall is full, you know, that's a sign that I need to retire because I don't have any room for hand." And now I'm like, the wall's pretty darn full and it's making me nervous. I'm like, I'm not ready for this because you helped me bring the joy back into teaching. Um, and the other thing I that you mentioned, I just have to reiterate one more time, Tisha, is thank you for giving me permission, not permission in a way, to apply this however it made sense for us. Because I loved so much what you did with that food truck. I'm like, I want to do that in my classroom. I like, it's got to be like that. And it and It is different, like you said, for everyone. Uh, looking forward to next year, um, I think. We've got a a feel good Friday with stars that they give out to each other. And I'm currently cutting out the stars for next year. Um, And so they recognize one student who's gone above and beyond. And again, it's just bringing that spark and that joy and they want their stars when they leave. So it's like working on that legacy piece and really trying to encourage my students to go above and beyond to earn a spot on that legacy wall, because it is a lot of work. Um, and so don't really know what direction I'm going into next year, but
0: uh. I, I love that though. I love the idea of feel good Fridays. And I love that those letters that students write are great reflections for you to be able to kind of steer your direction, right? Like you had said, there was something that A student mentioned in their legacy letter that you're like, oh, I was going to get rid of that, but maybe I shouldn't, right? And so um, what a great way for you not only to have students um, leave that legacy and be able to share with the next group of students that come in, but also what a great opportunity for you to be able to process what went well, what maybe didn't, maybe what you uh, want to iterate for the year ahead. And you know, that is funny because I thought, oh, I want to do an exit
1: survey, you know, what are the things you like, you know, that you learn from in class? What things should be changed? How was I as an instructor? You know, what could I improve? It all comes out in those letters without having to actually ask those questions because they'll talk, oh, you need to do this. Dr. A expects this, you know, or (laughs) and it's real funny because I'm like, oh, I'm like, yes, I do want to expect that. And they're like, it's uh, it could be overwhelming, but you will rise to the occasion. She'll, you know, but then there's like, but you can go ask her anything you need. You know. Mm-hmm. And so it's really funny to, to read those letters, because you get all that information in a completely different way. So um, um, it is unique.
0: Absolutely incredible. And again, like I I got to see it firsthand. I see the special connection that you have with your students. I see how much they're bonded with each other, how safe they feel. I mean, they were sharing experiences uh, from the classrooms that they are in. And and that's something also I just want, maybe you could just uh, talk about for a minute is that they're going out. So when you say that to get on that legacy wall, they have to show these things outside, it's because they are in classrooms, And, um, and so I would like for you to talk about that in just a moment, but I just wanted to share that getting to experience that in real life, these students were sharing things that were very vulnerable about their experiences and they were sharing, um, you know, how they felt and certain, on certain days and when certain things happened and they felt very safe with each other sharing and they very felt very safe with you and even safe with me being in that, in that space with them. I felt very honored that I was invited into that space. And so um, I, I think that what you're doing is really um, creating a very, very special learning experience. So could you just share a little bit about what, what they do when they go out into, into schools? All right. So we, as I
1: mentioned, we have uh, two courses, teaching one and two. In our teaching one course, it's kind of an introduction to teaching, learn a little bit about the Question requirements for licensing, and in that teaching one class is where I do all of the magical pieces. Uh, In that class, they also do twenty hours, twenty plus hours of observation outside of the classroom. So, for the most part, my students will observe in our own high school uh, with a teacher lens from the back of the room. Of like, oh, I'm looking for a circulating pattern. I'm looking for how this teacher's questioning. Um, they have a variety of things to look for when they're doing their observations, and then they also have interviews. So they really learn about the teaching profession and why people want to become teachers. If they're still into it at the end of the semester, most of them will go on to the teaching two class, which is a block period for us. And so three days a week, our students are placed at one of our junior higher elementary schools, and they will go out into the classroom. And um. Really, do an internship. It's an unpaid internship, so they'll leave the building. They'll drive to their sites. They'll work with the teacher, um, usually for about an hour and a half or so, and then they'll drive back to their you know next period class. And while they're at their sites, they are just sponges. Um, they have a lot of assignments to do, um, but they're really working hands-on with the students, and that they are. They're so nervous the first day they go, they don't know what to expect. And I said, this is part of the class. So when you're in college and you have to go to a school that you have no idea, like this is part of the real life learning. And we talked about life skills as family consumer science teachers. This couldn't be any more real life skills. And so um, they spend, you know, hour and a half or so in these classrooms. And literally after the first week or first two days, they are in love with the students they're like oh my gosh like I'm like it's amazing how quickly they adjust and they form relationships with their own students um so it's uh kind of a unique experience and they're out for about 12 weeks of our 18 week semester and so we do a little content before they go get them ready they go out and then when we come back um they're with me two days a week and one of the class periods we do what we call a professional learning community where they do share you know challenges or successes they've had while they've been out in their classrooms and it is a very open environment but it is also a very confidential environment yes as they realize they're talking about experience within this classroom so um
0: Yes. You made that very clear when I was there. And I I think that that, oh gosh, it it was just so special. And um, I just think about every, I, I wish that every single high school in America had a program like yours. I mean, honestly, to really, for the, for the future of education, like how amazing would it be if every high school we're raising up future educators like you are and how prepared these kids are going to be when they enter their programs uh, in whatever whatever university they have been accepted to. I mean, I am just so hopeful and excited for the future of education when I hear all about what you're doing and your program and getting to actually connect and meet with your students. So I just want to thank you for what you do I want to thank you for just your invitations to me to come visit you and um, get to know you. It is truly such an honor, and I, I'm so so grateful. It just I can't even put into words. Um, I, I'm just very very honored and so thank you for taking the time in your last week of school here to be on the podcast and I know that people who are listening are going to want to know how can they connect with you where is the best place to connect with you Lynn um probably I'd have to
1: as my school email uh would be probably the best way to get a hold of me and so I don't know if I can share that or not uh it's L Andries, so L A N D R E E S, at
0: Naperville203.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lynn. It was truly an honor to have you. And I know that our listeners are just going to enjoy this conversation so much. So thank you and have a magical day, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Tisha. You're too kind. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at TishaRichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lynn as much as I did. I just feel so much hope for the future of education after hearing from her and getting to visit her classroom in person. It's truly a magical, magical place. And I wanted to share with you some exciting news. I'm going to be embarking on a brand new journey. In just a few weeks, I am going to be moving into full-time consulting after 25-plus years in education. And it's scary. It's new, but I'm so excited. I have some really fun and amazing opportunities ahead of me getting to present in districts across the nation and getting to share my Make Learning Magical message. And I do still have openings for back to school and throughout this next year. So if you are interested, I have left my information in the notes for this episode. Reach out. I would love to come to your school, to your district and get to share how you can make learning magical in your classroom too.